Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to revolutionize their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you are in a relationship, single, or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience, helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breaths, and minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is a little bit different. I am going to be answering listeners' questions. This is something that I do for my subscribers for Jillian on Love Plus, but I decided to do an extended one just because I get thousands and thousands of questions and so many of them are amazing. And I just wanted as a little treat to do an extended mailbag, as we refer to them as. And I think that so many of you are going to see yourselves in these questions. And because I answer these questions generally, because I don't know the people who ask them, right? As specific as these questions are, I have to answer them generally because I don't have any more information. So because of my general answers, I think many of you will resonate with some of these, if not all of them. So here I go. First question. Hi, Jillian. My wife and I have been having some problems, and she's been pulling away and now has brought up divorce. I can spare you the details as I would have to write a novel, but... How do I manage my anxious attachment during this difficult time? Okay. So, very simple question. And perhaps a simple answer. We all have anxious attachment when the person we love is pulling away and is potentially going to break up with us or ask to divorce us. Whereas I don't deny that you might have some anxious attachment problems and issues or struggles, I should say, and perhaps that has come up in different ways throughout your relationship with your wife. It's just important to note that when we want to work something out, when we want things to work, and someone we love is pulling away, and now we're being confronted with possible divorce, that's going to make anyone anxious and therefore anxiously attached. So I just want to say that first. And that's really the most important thing. I don't know how to help you deal with the issue because I don't know what the issue is. But what I will say generally is this. Pretty much all relationship problems, barring abuse, boils down to communication problems. So I would bet that the problems that you're having are communication problems. Now, there might be real things that are happening that you're struggling with, but it's how you communicate about your struggles that is the make or break. And so what I would say is if you have not already 
sought out couples counseling, coaching, or therapy? I would, because I do think that in most cases, not all, but in most cases, we want to do whatever we can necessary if we're in a committed marriage to figure out how to make it work or at the very least figure out how to uncouple in a way that is quote-unquote conscious and leaves little room for story and narratives that create a lot of victims and villains. And even in the uncoupling process, it is very helpful to get to the bottom of things and really speak the truth. Because sometimes these communication problems is because people are not really saying the truth. And it's not that they're necessarily lying, but we sometimes often lie to ourselves as much as we lie to the other. So I just want to suggest that. And I also want to suggest that, like I said, if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety, that makes total sense. I want to help you navigate it a little bit better or to the best that you possibly can. One is, are you in therapy or are you talking to a coach or do you have some sort of mentor in whatever form that takes that you can confide in and talk to about what's going on and to help you process your feelings around all this? So that's number one, because that's really important. And then number two, it's, Anxious attachment will make us want to hold on to something so tightly, even when it's not working and it's causing us a lot of pain. So my suggestion to you is to get really real with yourself and with this mentor in your life, teacher, therapist, coach, whatever, about what you've been really struggling with in this marriage and what is it that you would need to have changed. Because sometimes with anxious attachment, what will happen is because we become so consumed with maintaining the relationship, and look, like I said, we all become anxiously attached when the person we love is pulling away. But particularly if you do struggle with a lot of anxiety in relationships and in this relationship, you will want to cling and maintain the connection at any cost. And I think you need to get very honest with yourself about what it is that's not working for you. Because in when we get caught within the throes of that anxiety and that sort of fight or flight survival mode to maintain the connection, we forget ourselves. We forget what isn't working for us. And in the process of that amnesia, we then stop asking for what it is that we want because we're trying to just get the person back. And or when we do express our needs, there's a lot of protesting and a lot of control. So there's either no communication about your feelings or your communication is an attempt to control. Pretty much all relationship problems boil down to communication problems. So you have to learn, and this is why I recommend couples counseling and counseling just for yourself or some sort of mentorship. You have to learn how to communicate differently because clearly something's not working. The next thing is if your wife is pulling away, do you know why? I mean, clearly you've been having some problems, but do you understand how she perceives the problem? Do you understand the needs that are not being met for her? Now, I know this is paradoxical because I'm telling you to not forget about yourself, but you are also someone in a relationship. And most people, when they're on the brink of divorce or breakup, it's because very important needs are not being met meaning people are not feeling seen, they're not feeling heard, and they're not feeling understood. Anyone who feels seen, heard, and understood, and at least there's a level of physical attraction, they're not pulling away or getting divorced. So 
Do you know what it is that she needs from you? Are you crystal clear about that? Because nine times out of 10, and this is not an exaggeration for the many couples that I've worked with over the last 10 years, what I've seen as a common thread throughout is that people don't understand with crystal clear clarity what it is that the other person needs from them. And part of that is because people don't ask for what they need clearly. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of beating around the bush. There's a lot of suppression of emotion. Like these are the things that destroy a relationship. And you don't have to wait for a third party to be present with the two of you. You just have to say, I notice you're, you're pulling away. You're asking for a divorce. I know we've been having a lot of problems. What do you need from me to make you feel seen and heard and understood? Because you need to know the ways in which she is feeling failed by you. And she needs to know that too. Like she needs to know how you feel too, for sure. But you're the one who doesn't want her to let go of her. So I am trying to coach you as best as I can without knowing you and coaching anyone else through osmosis who's listening to this. You need to know why. What are you doing or not doing that's making her feel seen or unheard? Now, it may not be fair, but you still need to know. Anyway. This is just something to work with, and I hope this helps. This episode is sponsored by AG1, the daily nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. So I literally drink it every day, and I wanted to give AG1 a try because of a lot of different things. I wanted just more nutrition. I wanted better sleep. I wanted better gut health. I wanted stronger hair, skin, and nails. It was just basically overall, I just wanted to really make sure that I got all my nutritional bases covered in a day. And I don't like taking a bunch of supplements. I hate it. And so whenever I tell myself I'm going to take a bunch of supplements, I actually don't take them. And then I end up feeling like, you know, I'm not doing what's good for me. So I take AG1 in the morning before I start my day. And it makes me feel really good, really particularly good for my digestion and for my energy. And like I said, it's hard for me impossible for me to keep up with a supplement routine that comes with a bunch of different products. And not to mention the fact, it's kind of hard to trust where all these products come from and they're really hard to digest. So since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed an overall feeling of just well-being and better health. And, you know, it replaces the multivitamin, it replaces a probiotic, and it's in one simple drink. It's very easy to create a habit out of it. So why take a bunch of things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? It was designed with ease in mind. So you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine or like I said, having to remember to take a bunch of hard to digest supplements. It is science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced nutrients. So AG1 definitely raises the standard for quality in the supplement category. I'm always looking for ways to better my health. And that is why I've come to love and trust AG1. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality. And it did improve my gut, gave me some good mood support, some boosted energy, and even healthier skin, hair, and nails. My AG1 is delivered to me every month, so it's been super easy to make it into a daily habit, which is very important to me because I forget. With AG1, taking good care of myself is simple. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Jillian on love. That's drinkag1.com slash Jillian on love. Check it out. Next question. 
Hi, Jillian. Your show has helped me so much. I'm glad. I recently went through a very intense, what I thought was love, relationship that I now realized I got love-bombed by someone who was also most probably an addict with alcohol. I was warned about this person by friends and knew there was an ex-girlfriend in the picture, dot, 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 but somehow I felt a strong connection with this person. When he pulled out in a very cold text message after just a few days before telling me he was falling in love with me, just a few days after, you probably meant to say, I was shocked and stunned and deeply hurt. What followed was what I perceive as the discard from a narcissist. Somehow I just didn't see it when I was in it. The cognitive dissonance, the confusion, the scrambling to try and get back the love, quote-unquote, and the realization that I now have to see this person in my community and circles in a small town I have been living in has been really hard to move forward. I am now educating myself on narcissism and codependency, but I would love to hear your advice about narcissism and how to move through things faster. Okay, so I am going to answer this question based on what I think you need, not necessarily on the question that you asked. I understand that what you want is to feel more educated on narcissism. And what I will say is that narcissism, narcissist, is thrown around way too much. It has gotten completely out of control. Everyone is diagnosing someone else and themselves with an attachment style, with narcissism, with love bombing, with this and that. And it's a mistake. Most people, when they refer to a narcissist, they're referring to someone immature and very selfish. And narcissism is a whole different ballgame that does include immaturity and selfishness, but it's a whole different ballgame. I want to focus on something else with you, which I know that you are aware of, but it's the thing that you really need to explore more than narcissism. What I suggest that you explore is why you ignored everyone's warning about him. And look, I have been where you are. I did an episode, if you haven't listened, on ending the cycle of unhealthy and toxic relationships in which I share a personal antidote of when I was much younger and I was in an abusive relationship. And when I began this relationship, I began it even though there are people who I really trust who warned me not to, and I ignored it. And what ended up happening was that I was very badly abused, emotionally, verbally, and there was some physical violence as well. And it also brought out the absolute worst in me, by the way. So I would listen to that. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. We have to evaluate and examine ourselves and why we fall for certain people or why we ignore everyone's warning. So I understand and I really respect that you're trying to look into codependency and narcissism and how the codependent and the narcissist or the addict and the codependent really find each other. And maybe that is something that is worth exploring more. Have you been attracted to people who are addicted in the past and haven't done any work on themselves? Have you gotten into a lot of relationships that are all about hot and heavy before you actually get to know the person beforehand? I don't know your age and I don't know your history, but answering generally, the lies that we tell ourselves, it will be different with me. Even though my friends are warning me, the connection is so strong, so I'm just going to go for it. Part of that is naivete. Part of that is immaturity. And like I said, I've been where you are, and now you see you've been really burned. And so I want you to learn the lesson. And the lesson is if you're being warned about someone by good friends, take that warning very seriously. 
Don't get into things so quickly because it's an intense connection. You need to go slowly so that you can really get to know someone and know what their character is, not just choosing people based on lust and chemistry. This is the process of maturing in love. This is the process, as Osho would say, rising in love. Because the falling in love, as fun as it is, and as whimsical as it is, I use that word whimsical very intentionally because the whimsical nature is basically the nature of a child. And so that falling in love, lusty stuff is childlike. It's teenage, which by the way, it's why it's so goddamn fun. But as adults, we have to be very discerning. We have to bring wisdom into our decisions. We have to have discipline and not just let ourselves get into these kind of connections. So he sounds like a jerk. He sounds very immature. Maybe he's a narcissist, maybe not. But either way, he just sounds incredibly immature. And take this experience as the warning and the lesson so that moving forward, you go slow, you learn how to process your enthusiasm for someone that you meet that you're really excited about, and you may have to process that with a therapist, you process that with your friends, you process that with certain family members, so that you can ground yourself when you feel yourself getting very caught up in a connection. One way to ground yourself is to write down everything that you really need in a partner from a character perspective, not from looks, not from a sexual perspective. What kind of character do you need? What kind of character would they have to have? What are the values that you have in terms of how you like to treat others? And what would they have to have similar to you as far as your value system is concerned. I see this as an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. And this is part of the growing pains of growing up is having these kinds of relationships. I know it's shocking. I know it's stunning. And I know that you're deeply hurt. And I feel for you. This is also what I said in my personal antidote of someone who overcame an abusive relationship also have to be responsible. You chose not to listen to the warnings, and now you're saying you're very shocked. And I don't say that to make you feel bad. Like I said, I have been you. So I so understand, and I say this with so much compassion, but it's important like I said, to be responsible for our experience in relationships. And you were warned. And it's okay. You got burned. It's not fun. But the journey ahead of you can really be a journey upwards if you take my advice, honestly. And you will be okay. And this will never happen to you again. Because you won't let it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next question. Hi, Jillian. Your last episode regarding the cycle of draining relationships, yes, that was in the subscriber episodes, especially resonated with me. My partner and I are in a constant cycle and I'm completely drained physically and emotionally. However, I still feel conflicted about what to do and I'm hoping you can help me. I know we are both contributing to the cycle because we will argue about something and not reach resolution. Then we both ignore the issue for weeks until it resurfaces again. Usually it's me bringing up the issue, 
because there are certain things that really bother me and we can't get resolution on. I crave resolution, otherwise I find myself ruminating constantly. A little backstory. We started off very hot and heavy, missing the whole getting to know each other stage. (laughs) Oh, I know that. I have been working on myself to understand why I let that happen, and I'm taking steps within myself to become more vocal about my needs and boundaries without fearing abandonment, but it is very hard. Yes, I know it's hard. Keep going. Now for one major issue that we have is regarding me performing as an aerial artist. I have done this hobby job for 10 years and also instruct. After we got together, he started acting extremely jealous of me performing, and he couldn't even watch a video of me without getting upset thinking about who was watching me, quote unquote. It made me feel so guilty that I stopped putting any time into it. After a while, resentment kept building up in me, and I finally decided I'm going to perform no matter what. When I did, he sent me mean text messages during the performance that he made his decision about our relationship, and also he was watching other sexy girls somewhere else. This really hurt me, and we almost broke up at that time. Now we have got to the point where he said he will be okay with me performing if I cover my body completely. I still struggle with compromising on this because I want artistic freedom, and costuming was always such a joy for me. I feel that leotards are worn in gymnastics and dance and that I am not doing anything wrong, but he comes from a culture where women cover everything. Am I being unreasonable to not compromise on what I am wearing? Am I being disrespectful of my partner's needs? I am very confused of the balance of my boundaries and respecting my partner's boundaries. I am begging him to please accept me and support me. I see so many other couples that have a supportive significant other, and it hurts that he can't support me, but I still fear losing him, and my old self just wants to give up performing to make him happy. Are we too different to make this work? Yes, I believe you are too different to make this work. But let me add to this. So you are a hundred percent, you are a thousand percent, you are a million percent justified. And this is something that was in your life for 10 years before you met him. It is your creative expression, and you cannot be in a relationship with someone who does not a thousand percent support your passion and your dreams. End of story. What I do want to add, however, is, and something that you and all listeners need to really be conscious of, is communication. You went back and forth from capitulating to resentment, when really what you need to tell him is this is what I've been doing for 10 years. And I understand and really respect, and I'm very well aware of the culture that you come from. The culture that I'm in, however, makes it so that I feel very comfortable doing this. I have a different belief around this. And so therefore, I understand how it's difficult for you but I can't change it. And so then perhaps we're not right for each other. Because another side note is, you both got into a relationship with each other aware of the fact that you are from two different cultures. And I'm sure that you are aware of the fact that the culture that he comes from has that belief system or that rule or that law within that culture that women are supposed to cover themselves. So you knew this going in and he knew what you did going in. And so I find it so interesting and it's actually very common is love and attraction and lust and chemistry are such powerful forces that we will ignore our values in order to maintain that connection. It is that powerful we become drunk with love and lust that we will start relationships with people 
even though we know that what it is that they do for a living or is not going to work for us. We'll get into relationships with people knowing that what we do isn't good enough for them. You start out hot and heavy, and then soon after he got jealous. And so that would be the time to recognize that the two of you are just not right for each other because your values are so different. And you may have some similar values, but this is really different. But you have to stop playing that game with yourself and with him about letting go of your dream to make him happy only to then hate him with resentment. You can't do that. That's what's not right. That's what's disrespectful to yourself and to him. But you need to do you. This is a big part of you. It's been a part of your life for 10 years. And I would not give it up for someone who you don't know that well. This is actually a question that was released last week on the subscriber episode, Jillian on Love. But I wanted to do an encore of it here because I thought it was a very interesting one and really important. So here it is. Hi, Jillian. I'm 39 years old and identified myself as a straight woman for years. I've always dated men, got married to one, now divorced, but deep down always knew about my attraction to women and felt that something was missing in my romantic relationships. After divorcing and spending some time in therapy, I accepted my sexuality and allowed myself to experience my truth. Although I no longer feel that something is missing in my romantic relationships anymore, I am facing a new reality that was never present in my previous relationships, the non-monogamy. Previously, in my heterosexual relationships, there were some portrayals. I was cheated on a few times by different partners. And of course, I have trust issues. Not only because of that, I identify myself with an anxious attachment style which makes me feel insecure or unsafe most of the time. Since my entrance to the queer world, I have noticed that the non-monogamous practice is pretty common. I'm seeing someone for a few months now. We've met on Tinder, the kingdom of non-monogamy. That's what she wrote, not what I said. But both our profiles were identified as monogamous, and that was one of the reasons of why I swiped her right. Anyway, recently, during one of our conversations, she brought up the idea of having sex with other people. Just sex, no attachment included, and I panicked. We both see sex in a different way, and I can't separate sex from my emotions, and she can. She's used to having one-night stands, and I'm not. I felt so dysregulated that I felt like breaking up with her right away. I always considered myself as a monogamous person. I don't think I'm wired to have multiple relationships. But after calming down, I started wondering if my reaction was related to my anxious attachment and fear of abandonment, rejection, a fear of losing someone I like. At the same time, while considering the possibility of trying to open the relationship, I felt like betraying myself. I was reading about non-monogamy and how it is a construction and how it varies from relationship to relationship, how it works very well for some people and not so well for others. For me, it feels like a button that presses all my wounds simultaneously. So I'm writing this long email to ask your point of view about this subject, especially for those with anxious attachment style. I hope my text makes sense and sorry for any mistakes. English is not my first language. Well, it was very well written. So here is one of the biggest issues I see in people and a lot of people who tend to feel insecure in relationships. I'm not going to label it as anxious attachment. I just, I think that anxious attachment is just a lens through which we see relationships. So I'm just going to, instead of putting it in the box of anxious attachment, I'm just going to say has a tendency to feel insecure in relationships because that could mean 
a number of things that could mean anxious attachment. It could mean because you've been cheated on a bunch of times. It could mean a number of things. So one of the most common things that I see, not things, issues that I see with people who tend to lean towards feeling more insecure relationally is this, not trusting oneself. And this also, by the way, it's not just insecure in relationships. It also is combined with low self-esteem. Low self-esteem in relationships is a common thing with insecurity in relationships. So like I said, it's not trusting yourself. And as a result of not trusting ourselves, we will then get in our heads and start to psychoanalyze a reaction that we're having, a response, I should say, to something. And then we start to second guess ourselves. Maybe it's my anxious attachment. Maybe the problem is me. As opposed to maybe the problem is that this isn't right for me. And learning to trust ourselves, which includes trusting our intuition, is a muscle that needs to be consistently worked in order to build. It has to be practiced. And so judging yourself and second-guessing yourself for having a visceral reaction to what it is that she said is really the problem here. This isn't a commentary on monogamy versus non-monogamy because that's not actually what you need. What you need is to honor yourself. So you said that the two of you see sex very differently. And one of the things that I tell people who are dating or about to go out into the dating world is, one of the most important conversations that you can have with someone before you get in too deep with them is the sex conversation, is understanding what sex means to someone versus not. So you are someone, and maybe this is part of your anxious attachment, maybe this is just your sensitivity, maybe this is just how you're wired, because most people are wired this way, by the way. When you have sex, you see it as a bigger deal and there's an emotional attachment that's formed. This woman sees it totally differently, which does present a problem because it means that even if she didn't want to sleep with others or open the relationship up, it also means that when you start sleeping together or if you've already started sleeping together, you are actually getting closer to her while she may not be getting closer to you. And so I would expand the conversation with her to understand how she feels about you when, when she has sex with you. Does she get closer to you? Does she just see it? Does she separate sex from attachment? So that's one thing. I also think if she put on her dating profile that she was looking for monogamy and now she's bringing up non-monogamy, I don't think that's cool. Leading with curiosity and not accusation, I would ask her about that and ask her why she did that because it's a little confusing to you. So going back to the original point, you don't have to feel ashamed or pathologize your attachment, and the way that you bond after sex. You just have to honor it and be really freaking real with yourself and not continue or not be in a relationship with something that reminds you of everything that's upsetting to you in life. You don't need to be in a relationship that stimulates your suffering. So my only suggestion to you as, as an, someone who proclaims to be anxiously attached is don't get attached to someone who wants a different kind of relationship that you want. I'm all for people trying new things if they're comfortable with it. 
I'm not for people trying to pathologize themselves for not wanting to go along with what someone else wants just so that they can maintain the connection. Anyway, I hope that helps. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, last question. Hi, Jillian. Thank you so much for your podcast and, gu- and guidance. You're welcome. I have a fearful, avoidant attachment style, but tend to lean towards anxious tendencies. Okay. I have experienced trauma in the past, especially with men. I'm so sorry. I am aware of the ways this has affected me and my relationships and have taken several steps to work through this internally, such as through talk, trauma therapy, somatic processing, and through having a consistent meditation practice. Good for you. However, I still struggle with anxiety, especially since I began dating my current partner, We have been together for the past six months and have had our ups and downs. He is dismissive avoidant and has also experienced trauma. We are working on things, which includes us both accounting for the ways our attachment styles and trauma affect each other. However, I am really struggling with and have deeply struggled in past relationships with retroactive jealousy. By the way, listeners, retroactive jealousy is being jealous of people's history and past relationships. In my past relationships, it almost consumed me. I would ask my exes a barrage of questions about their exes. I realize how inappropriate and intrusive this is and do not want to bring this into this relationship, but my thoughts continue to take me there. I have managed to not ask questions in the same ways I have in the past, but I feel myself withdrawing into the stream of thoughts and fear even when I'm with him, which doesn't allow me to be fully present. I have asked myself why it is I focus on this and realize it has to do with feelings of inadequacy and fear of abandonment, but I want to understand more so I can move beyond it into a healthy relationship. Can you please help me by providing your thoughts on this and how I can overcome? Yes, just to reiterate to everyone, I answer these questions very generally. I have not spoken to these people. I don't have a background on them. So I try to choose questions that, again, I can answer very generally. So as someone who has worked with several people with a lot of OCD, retroactive jealousy, again, being very, very jealous of people's past, just jealousy in general, and a lot of attachment issues, I will just share that there is a common thread that is woven throughout this tapestry that all these people who I've worked with share, and that is a feeling of inadequacy, a feeling of feeling insignificant in life, feeling insignificant in some way, which ties into low self-worth and low self-esteem. And so the way that I have helped people with tremendous success, which is why I'm sharing this here, is to help them feel more significant. So this is really about your relationship with yourself and to help them to raise their self-esteem. So one of the things that you can do is listen to my episode, How to Actually Love Yourself and Raise Your Self-Esteem. But I also wanted to share with you and everyone here some journal prompts that can help you just get started with this and to really understand yourself. So one thing is do you like your job? So how's life outside of relationships? Do you like your friends? Do you have good community? How's work? Are you bored? Are you feeling like you're living a life that's not really the life that you want to lead? Are there risks and chances and adventures that you would like to take 
that because of fear or other things might be holding you back? Which of your parents' love did you crave the most? Was it your mother or your father's? And who did you have to be to get that parent's approval or love? Did you have to be perfect? Did you have to get great grades? Did you have to be the good girl, the good boy? Did you have to be a rebel? Did you have to be incredibly intelligent? Did you have to be incredibly independent? Who did you have to be? Because oftentimes who we had to be in order to get what we believed was the approval of a certain parent, that usually shapes who we become. And even though who we become actually becomes a part of us, it's not exactly all of us. And so many people are walking around still doing the things and in the job that they think that they should be doing because that's what mom wanted or dad wanted or what society wanted. But it's not exactly what they wanted. So what part of your life is feeling untruthful to you or inauthentic to you? And what would be more fulfilling to you? In other words, when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? Who in your life are you most grateful for? Do you spend time with that person who you're most grateful for? Do you share with them that you're most grateful for them? Do you have a strong bond with them? So these are the things to consider because when we're dealing with anything, whether it's trauma, whether it's your fearful avoidant attachment style with the tendency to lean anxious, whatever attachment style you have, whatever your past is, whatever your retroactive jealousy, it's important to approach things holistically because we're never just one thing. And context matters. Environment matters. We can be one person in one relationship and we can be another person in another relationship because it depends on the nature of the relationship and who we've chosen as a partner, for example. So getting over retroactive jealousy is really understanding to your insightful point why you feel so insignificant. And have you made feeling significant more important to you than truly connecting with someone? Have you made feeling significant more important to you than growth? Have you made feeling significant more important to you than giving back to someone? Have you made feeling significant more important than true intimacy? See, sometimes when we're growing up and we are expected to be a certain way and to be really important, we end up feeling like, Nothing is ever good enough. Sometimes we get perfectionistic. And perfectionism is just another way to say, I'm obsessed with feeling important. And I don't feel important because in order for me to feel important, I have to be perfect. And that's a complete waste of our energy because we can't be perfect. So feeling significant, which is an important need, but it also is the need of the ego. When we feel so insignificant in life and we value feeling significant more than anything else, it'll make us extremely jealous. So these journal prompts are to help you understand your life in a broader perspective and to actually help you, to give you a map towards maybe making some changes to your life so that you can feel more significant, so that you can feel more adequate. Because when you have better community, stronger friendships, and they don't have to be a lot of friendships, but just feeling plugged in in that way, maybe there's a relationship inside of your family that needs repair. Context matters. So rather than just trying to fix yourself and fix your trauma, figure out what's missing in your life. See yourself as this whole person with many different parts, with many different aspects to yourself. 
What's missing to help you feel more like yourself? Truly. Anyway, I hope that helps. So that's it for today's episode of Jillian on Love. It is just a bunch of different questions, really amazing questions that I answered generally. And I hope that it helps. I would love to hear your comments on this and any questions on this. So please feel free to reach out to me at hello at jillianonlove.com. And if there was anything that you heard today that you know someone else could really benefit from, please hit share. Not only does it help us as a podcast, but you never know whose life you could be significantly helping just by clicking share. And once again, I thank you for being here. I thank you for listening. I'm always open to hear requests. And until next time. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.